0: The sportscaster and her son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite flexible conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello and welcome to The Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between generations, from baby boomers to generation X, Y, and Z, and just about everyone in between, we hope. I'm your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, most recently NBC Chicago for the past 17 years.
1: And I'm Jason Conander, her son. I'm a junior at St. Ignatius College Prep, and I write for Fansided.
0: We don't always get along. We are mother and son, after all. But sports is what bridges the gap between us. So with this podcast, we try to cross over the generations and bring them together a little bit. We talk sports yesterday, today, tomorrow, and a lot of that in between. In this episode, we are talking a love affair. Jason, I know you've never been in love before, I hope. (laughs) I'm just saying, oh, I'm getting the rolling eyes already. But this is a love affair with baseball. Do you know who, who, who started the game of baseball? Abner Doubleday. Wrong. Wrong, wrong. That's a myth. <laughs> right? You did
1: well, who it? do you think started it?
0: Oh, I I know. It's not Hot. what I think. It's I know. So Abner Doubleday, Jason, is a myth. And so many people assumed that he started baseball. You know, that's where the Hall of Fame is in Cooperstown. And it was because of Abner Doubleday. Abner okay. Doubleday was actually a Civil War hero, general, and he was off at West Point when baseball's so-called, was created. Doesn't so, mean
1: he didn't make it.
0: Yeah, but it's such a cool story. Everyone just assumes for years and years we have assumed this, right? So okay. it turns out that there was this guy, um, Al Spaulding, uh, from the Spaulding Sporting Goods, right? Okay. He was a pitcher in baseball. Uh, he was starting this sporting goods manufacturing company and he had decided he wanted the history of baseball written. And he put together uh, a group of people and they and they had to look into the history of baseball. And somehow they came up with Abner Doubleday because of a letter he wrote. Abner Doubleday wrote a lot of letters while he was at West Point. Okay. And in one of them, you know, he had a love for a lot of different things, you know, art and culture, baseball was one of them. Okay. but he didn't start baseball. Everyone just thought, well, this is a great idea. We can just hook his name onto it. And thus the whole myth of Abner Doubleday began with him starting baseball when I did tr- not know that. Is't that crazy? Yeah
1: I did not know that
0: and the truth is that it's probably started came from games in, in England, almost like cricket, uh, that's what they believed, that it was just some guys were just kind of messing around and, and took some things that they learned in, in England and started playing. So there there is no real creator of baseball. But I digress, because I know you love baseball. I know you love the game. I do. Why? What is it about baseball that you love?
1: Well, I think it was the first sport that I ever picked up on in uh, fourth grade. So I think maybe like that being the first sport was why it's still my favorite. But at the same time, I love, I love the tradition. I love, um, I love the way the games played. I, it's just like it, not everybody's like so into baseball, so I, it's kind of like my own thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just I I, I honestly I can't really describe it because um, I, I I really just don't know what it is. I always think like during the off season, uh, you know, whatever like baseballs, and then right when right when March comes around, right when spring training comes around, I get so excited. And um, like, it's just, I don't even know what it is about baseball. It's just, it's, it's everything.
0: There's something crazy and romantic and poetic at the same time about baseball. Baseball is celebrating their 150th anniversary. The Cincinnati Red Stockings started uh, play back in 1869. Uh, So this is the 150th anniversary of major league baseball and you are going to see a lot of historical things brought up this season which is great a lot the history of the game it's really it really is a beautiful game but a lot of people worry about its future and we're going to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on okay now i know this guy has a love of baseball you know, because he's, he's an Illinois guy, he's a, he's, you know, a Chicago guy, uh, played in the majors, is a very successful broadcaster as well. Um, Ron Coomer from the Cubs, WSCR Radio 670, the score, nine-year big leaguer, all-star with the Cubs, Twins, Yankees, and Dodgers. Ron is joining us now. Ron, how are you today?
2: I am great, guys. Peg, how are you?
0: Fantastic. I have my son and I talking about our love of baseball. And, you know, it 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 always amazes me when people say, oh, I can't stand that game. It's so slow, and it's just... I, I don't know if it's—I've loved it since I was a kid, and I used to hitchhike to Cubs games, don't tell anybody, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because the L, it took it didn't go all the way down Addison from the northwest side of Chicago. And uh, I loved baseball. I think I love it even more now as I'm getting older, and maybe that's what people don't like about it is that it's for older people. But I love the beauty of the game, the grandness of the ballpark, the smells of the stadium. I mean, I could go on and on. What was it about baseball for you that really attracted you to the
2: sport? Well, I think at the very beginning, when I was a very young kid growing up in Chicago, uh, my dad was a big sports fan. So he loved, he loved baseball, he loved boxing, um, and he was somewhat of a Blackhawks fan also. And we were all Bears fans in Chicago. But I think baseball stood out the most because I had a, an attraction to our game and right away as a young kid. And then, you know, I could run home from school as a little guy and catch the last four innings of a Cubs game. And to see that pop up on your screen, Wrigley Field, and then to get a chance to go as a little kid and have a hot dog and watch batting practice, I think immediately – I fell in love with probably Wrigley Field first and foremost. In driving up and seeing the scoreboard, and then walking in and having a tradition with my dad of getting a hot dog and a coke before we ever did anything, and that was our deal. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, those are the good things. When you when you think about baseball, I think about those things as a little kid, and then to be able to play and play in my hometown ballpark and now broadcast you know baseball's been a part of my life my entire life and I couldn't and wouldn't have it any other way
0: so what about other sports if it, did you play football did you play basketball uh, what at what point did you know that you were going to be good at baseball because i'm ron i'm not saying anything but you look like you could have been a linebacker you look like you could have played football so yeah, i
2: I I liked all the sports and played them all up and through um, the middle of high school. And then uh, I loved playing hockey. I was, I was a good skater, but the the issue with hockey where I was at on the South side of Chicago is it was a money thing. You know, it was, it was tough to get ice time and it was, you kind of had to pick, you know, we didn't have a lot of money for a lot of extra things. So, you know, hockey was one of those sports that was difficult to do. Um, so I played the, the major three sports through the middle of high school. And then, you know, baseball kind of stood out. I was really, you know, I had some ability I could hit, I could play. And I loved to play. So I think the middle of high school things kind of changed and it was more, you know, I was really steering myself and my dad was to baseball.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go off of that love of the game. Um, you didn't have like a very conventional path to the major leagues, I guess, um, how much do you think that your love of the game, obviously you said that you chose baseball because it stood out to you. How much did that play a role in you continuing to grind it out with baseball and eventually get up to the major leagues and be an all-star?
2: Well, there there has to be some of that. To stay in the minor leagues for a long time and not make any money and and lifestyle is difficult because, you know, you're you're going from place to place and uh, so it is, it is difficult to stay in the minor leagues a long time. I felt like I could play and I could be a big league baseball player, but I had knee issues from the time I signed a pro contract. Um, and it took me a while of minor league baseball to get past the issues with my right knee. Mm. Um, I, for my ACL in college and, and, it just continued to be a problem. Um, and about oh three three years into my minor league career, um, all of a sudden things started working out and I could tell that I was, you know, I was, I was getting on the right path. So, um, then it just was a matter of being in the right place, at the right time with the right organization. And, right. uh, finally I got to the big leagues and once I got to the big leagues, I didn't want to ever go back to the minor leagues was the goal. I achieved that, but, um, there's, there's something about minor league baseball too. When you, when you're playing like double A or triple A baseball and you're going from city to city, there's, there's something unique about the whole experience and the, the the fans and the fun and and the bus rides and the camaraderie of, of the guys being together. And, and I'm glad I went through some of that because, you know, I had dinner with Joe Madden last night. And you know what we talk about almost as much as any big league stuff is our minor league days and the funny and fun things that you did. And, you know, so so there's something there's something about those minor league days that you that you look back on and you love.
0: All right. So spill it. What's your favorite minor league story that you just you you love to tell people? What is the, the best story well, you have from the minors?
2: How, how about like the very first? I think it was like my first week in the minor leagues. Right. So I, I go to Medford, Oregon, and we're playing there. And then we go on our first road trip. We get on the bus and we go to, I think we went to, uh, bend or something like that. We went somewhere in Oregon. We didn't go very far, but we, we went like, I don't know, an hour and a half away, check into this little mom and pop hotel. And it's fine. And you know, we get our rooms and you know, there's two of us to the room and we get there late the next morning at like seven in the morning. The door opens up, and I'm kind of startled, and I look, and here's this little girl comes into the room. Uh, She had to be four or five years old with her doll, Uh, and she sits down on the floor at the end of the bed, and I go, sweetie, I go, can I help you? She goes, well, this is my playroom. uh, What? Oh, hey. "Um, But sweetie, I go, this is our hotel room. We're here, staying here. Oh, well, this is my playroom. She was very yeah, and I'm like, okay. Um, well, you stay right there, and I called the front desk, and they're like, "Can I help you?" It's seven in the morning. We got in at like two a.m. after a oh. night game. I'm like, well, there's a little young girl in our room saying we're in the wrong room, and this is her playroom. They're like, "Oh God, we're sorry." Oh my! And I that was that was good humor. That was my minor leagues. That's how you kick off the minor league experience so that was pretty funny
1: yes you know baseball is such a grind no no sport has a season this long 162 games and um now everyone's always trying to cut it down and we'll get into the rule changes a little in a little bit but um whether it be as a player or a broadcaster how do you manage to kind of bring the same energy level the same positive attitude and the same love for baseball ultimately every single day
2: well, it is, it is difficult, I will say that. And it's not for everybody. Um, our game is not. It, it really isn't. You have to have a mental, I guess, a mental toughness to the schedule. Um, and you learn that as a player. And that's, I'll be honest with you, that's what weeds out a lot of people in the minor leagues and a lot of players. It really does. It, it weeds them out that they just can't bring, Their A game or even their B plus game to the ballpark every day. They can do it on occasion, but they can't do it daily, and that's what separates minor league players from either getting released that are talented or them not getting to the big leagues. Yeah, and I'm sure Um, to be honest, but to be honest with you, for me, this is the only thing I've ever done. I signed a pro contract at 20 years old, Mm. and as Peg does, I'm 52 now. I I went from being a young kid to gray hair, and I'm still still doing the same thing at the same ballpark. And I I just look at our game, and this is what I try to do. I never look too far ahead. I really don't care about the off days of getting to that off day. I just look at the next day. Okay, what time's the bus? Who's pitching? What do we got to do, just like I did as a player? And that's what I do as a broadcaster. Keep your head down, and uh, they'll let us know when the season's over in October, November.
1: You know, I think it was a couple days ago. The Athletic had a really interesting article, and I'm sure you read it or at least have heard about it, about the changes that the Cubs are making for the 2019 season. Just off the top of my head, I know one of them was no alcohol in the team flights. Um, the lineups are going to be released on a series by series basis. So, how, what are your thoughts on that? As you you know, you talk about it's really hard keeping like the same mental toughness day in and day out. How well do you, how well of a job do you think the Cubs are doing managing that mentality and the psychological aspect for the players?
0: Yeah, what's up with the rule changes? No alcohol. Yeah. Come on!
1: Yeah, how about for us
2: older guys? <laughs> that's, that's still, that's, that's
0: wait, still wait does that apply to you, Ron? Does that apply to you, too?
2: <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess not. <laughs> Just saying. but Yeah, right. You know, a little gla- glass of Cab or Tito's once in a while. never heard anybody last time I checked. <laughs> But, uh we'll see how that works out i'll abide by the rules uh, it's all good um but you know I think you always have to be aware of of the changes and the changing times and all that and, you know none of these changes are overly dramatic to me if if you don't have booze on you know and a beer on the plane who cares right mm-hmm. I mean they, probably two thirds of the flights most guys don't anyway. You know, it's that rare flight that you have an off day the next day that guys will have some drinks and and hang out and be you know real social. But you know, everybody takes their job pretty seriously. Even you know, we got a young team, but they really do. That's think. really good
1: to hear as a fan.
2: Yeah, it's not a. It's you know, I on our team, I would say the alcohol thing isn't a isn't a big ordeal. Mm. Um, it just isn't. Um, and the, the changes, you know, like the lineup thing to me, Joe, Joe's always had his lineup made days in advance. So that has never been an issue. I, you know, I sit with Joe every day before the manager show and we talk about, you know, and he'll, he'll have it on his iPad. Well, here's what we're doing. You know, let's say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three game series. Here's what, here's what Wednesday's day game is going to look like because I got to get it bats for him to make sure he gets in. And, you know, so they're going to play these two, you know, these two guys are going to platoon. So I don't, I don't think it's, It's a big ordeal. I I think there's more being made of it publicly. I, I think, you know, for Joe and Theo, I don't think that's a big change other than maybe it's just out there a little bit more.
0: I think it sounds like it's all about, th- this is, you're a professional, this is your job, let's see how you approach your job and how you handle your job. So whether the approach is, you know, don't have too many pops, you know, uh, the night before you know you're going to be playing uh, on the or on the team plane, to you know you're not in the lineup, let's see how you handle it as a professional. So uh, to me, I think it sounds like they're they're just kind of tightening the professionalism around the team, which is not a bad thing at all. This is Hey, that's how winning teams win.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's, that's probably a a good way to look at it. I just never really saw the, the lack of professionalism around this team. Mm. I, I, you know, this is my sixth year doing Cubs games. Um, and since Joe has been here, I've never seen anything that seemed unprofessional. Um, but you can understand where you want young guys to be a little more accountable to their work every day and maybe just practicing their skills on a daily basis a little more. And, you know, so that might be the more batting practice throughout the, throughout the year. Um, But at the end of the day, I really believe, and I, and I really do, you know, the Cubs have won 95 games or more every year since Joe has been here. Um, When you look Peg, and, and we've, had a long history with this team in our city. Um, When you look at it, have we ever had a better time in Cubs history? No. So I don't think there's a lot broke. I just think you'd like the final result to be a little better than last year. That's for sure.
0: So Ron Coomer, when you played in Major League Baseball, compare that to today. What's the draw of the game today? What is it about baseball today that makes it a great game?
2: Well, there's there's a lot of there's some differences. I think the game is still somewhat similar, and then the players are younger. They're getting younger all the time. Um, I, I actually think they're getting better. They are athlete, they're better athletes. Um, they're better trained. Um, they're bigger, stronger, faster, throw harder. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we won our opener because we situational hit real well and hit a few home runs that's the same thing. The game's not going to change much. And I think that's one of the things that our guys are learning um, is somewhat of an older school approach to um, parts of our game to make sure you tighten that up. Um, I, I would say the, the lack of, of uh, older either players or coaches, there were a lot more of the gristled old coach around baseball the Don Zimmers of the world, so to speak, and Artie Kushner mm-hmm. and some of those people. Um, you could always find a guy that could put somebody in their place in a clubhouse. It was never an issue. And you don't see those pe- people nowadays, um, which is a little unfortunate because those were the characters of our game. Having a conversation with Zim was like gold, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> Zimmy was the best. So um, uh, so those people are going away from the game a little bit. Um, all in all, I like where our game is going. I, I understand we got to quicken up the game a little bit, but you know, all in all, I still really love what we're doing.
1: So speaking of quickening up the game, a couple weeks ago, um, the MLB announcer planned rule changes. I, for one, did not like any of them. I absolutely despise the idea of a three-batter minimum for pitchers. I do not like the pitch clock idea. On the surface, it seems cool because it's going to shorten up the game. Until it starts to affect the game, um, what what do you think is what do you think is important about preserving the the traditional game of baseball? Keeping that idea um, kind of front and center when making these rule changes. And what do you think about? The new rules. Well, and
0: you and you have to. And Jason, here's one of the things, Ron. That like the game has to move forward. You know, For sure. it, like and yeah. it, yep. it's like going from a, a VCR to you know handheld devices. You know, you have to you have to be able to move forward. But yeah, where's the line? You know, I mean, if they speed it up too much, you know, when's Pat going to go to the bathroom in the booth? I mean, that right? could, that's the problem. I, I <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, we're trying to get we're trying to get Jason the millennials more engaged into our game. And that's what what the commissioner is doing. Um, But with that being said, I don't think changing the way the game is is played or managed with strategy changes because of a rule. I I just don't see how you can think that's okay. I, I really don't. I mean, this is my 32nd year in professional baseball. And to tell a manager you can't take a guy out of a game, What is that where, where, you know, you put a kid in a game and all of a sudden you're in a big ball game and now he can't throw strikes. You can't take him out. I just don't understand that. So to me, those, that's a really bad one. The pitch clock um, to me has more effect on um, the time of the game. And you know what, to be honest with you, that one doesn't bother me. I'm really, you know, to go from 30 seconds to 20 in between pitches. Yeah. The umpires, to be quite honest with you, aren't gonna it's not gonna be something that they're gonna enforce. Mm. Right. So if you're at twenty two seconds, it won't be a big deal. Nothing's gonna be said. But it will quicken up the pace of the game in the game. Okay. Um, so to me that's that's fine. If I were on that uh, players board with the players union, I would I would strongly disagree with the three hitter minimum for a bullpen guy coming in and I would I wouldn't have any issue with the time clock um, because I don't think, just from time being on the field, I don't think it's going to be enforced, but it might just help bump things along a little bit.
1: And you know what? I think that the three batter minimum is a little counterproductive because it seems like just a couple years ago we were so focused on oh, well, we have to preserve the arms of our pitchers, can't be throwing too many pitches. But if you're making it so that a guy has to come in and face three batters, you're forcing them to throw more pitches. Whereas if you have like a situational lefty or situational righty, that's a guy who might be throwing five or six pitches a day, opposed to now you're forcing that same guy to go out and throw 15, 20 pitches a day. I I think that baseball is kind of going against their interests that were so prevalent just a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, you've got a good point, Chase. I, I, I um, can't dispute any of that. I, I, to be honest with you, though, I, I'm going to guess that this negotiation is not over. And these rule changes for 2020, um, they're going to be strongly discussed over the winter. And I'm going to guess that that three games, three hitters is going to go to two would be my guess and you might get that 22nd pitch clock so i'm to me i don't i don't think this is this is over yet as a as a decision by the league and the and the players union so um we may be talking a lot about it for not um because it might not might not matter um going into next season
0: yeah listen it's not a video game it's it's right. it's a game that is meant to be seen smelled heard, felt. Uh, it's what makes baseball great. That, and I say, bring back ladies' nights. That's all. That's that's it. I'm bring... all
2: for that, What's <laughs> the hold up there? We do it in our restaurant. Why can't we do it at the ballpark? Oh, that's right. How's the restaurant doing? <laughs> well, oh, I'm, mine's doing fine. Yeah, we're doing okay. I haven't screwed it up yet, and I get good partners and a great chef and GM, so that's the main thing. I stay out of the way and try to help help promote us, and then that's all good.
0: <laughs> Give us a plug. Where is it at again?
2: It's in Lockport, it's Combs, right? Yep. It's Coombs Corner off 355 and 159 Street. Um, it's fun. Those, that's the reason why I opened a, a restaurant, is to get back involved in my hometown and and have some fun with it. So it's been good.
0: I, I love it. I actually started out before, right after college, I was doing Romeoville Cablevision, a lot of football mm-hmm. games at Lockport. I called a lot of the Porters games, um, mm-hmm. Providence, a lot of those games. So I know the area well. And you've done a great job, Ron, giving back. And it's always great to hear you as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join, Jason, and me on the Sportscaster Under Sun.
2: Well, I, Jason, I, I'm happy to do it and tag You've been in our area, been a mainstay in the in the sports scene for a very long time, and uh, it's always great to be on with you and to see you around the ballpark.
0: Thanks, Ron. See you guys. Oh, I love talking to people like Ron Coomer, who just love the game of baseball. They grew up here in the Chicagoland area doing the same things we did. Interesting that he was a hockey player, too. Um, But I bet he had an outdoor rink. I should have asked him about that because when I was growing up, Jason, everyone had rinks in their neighborhood and I'm talking about backyards. People in their backyards would freeze the backyards or they played street hockey. So, um, I don't know
1: why you're acting like that's like a different language to me. I mean, one of my friends has a hockey rink in his backyard. Oh, it's, really? Yeah, th- that's not like as old-fashioned as you might think it oh, is. Oh,
0: that's good to know though. But I do love the game of baseball. And I know you love the game of baseball. Absolutely. Ron Coomer brought it up about you know, MLB is trying to target millennials to to go to the games, and I don't know. What do you think? Do your friends like baseball? Do they like? Do they follow the game like
1: you do? I'd say no. No one follows the game like I do. Okay. No do they one.
0: love the game?
1: No. Nope. Well, actually, let me change it. No one loves the game as much as I do. Some people try to follow the game as much as I do. I do think that there are more people in my grade that follow along with baseball than I thought there would be, or at least than there was freshman year. Um, but it's nothing like football, nothing like basketball. I mean, on opening day, like, everyone was, like, wearing, like, their polo shirts, their teams and stuff. So, like, that was cool. But, no, nobody nobody follows baseball to, like, or loves baseball for that matter, the same level as I do.
0: There is something I talked about, there's something poetic about Baseball, something romantic, something nostalgic about it. And I was talking to my brother Terry, um, your uncle Terry, and his father in law, Frank Orlando, always says to him, Baseball is a game that everybody could play. At some point as a kid, they played baseball. And that is why it's so popular to people to look back because it brings back those memories of picking daisies in the outfield as a five-year-old little leaguer
1: no no i i completely i completely agree with that even though i'm done playing baseball i still i remember very very you know i i remember every single memory of mine for baseball both good and bad, and I totally agree. Anyone can play baseball. Anyone can enjoy baseball. I think that the hard sell is you just need to get people to embrace it, because once, like, I I don't know how exactly I got into baseball, and I could see how on surface level, you're like, oh, it's a game that takes three hours. No one's getting tackled. Nobody's, you know, doing a slam dunk. They're not on skates, so I, I, I could see how people, how that's not the most appealing sport. It's not exactly like an action sport. But once you're involved in baseball, I have a lot of friends who just picked up the game a, like a year or two ago. And by that, I mean like watching it. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're in love with it. it. It's it's like golf. You don't like, you're not like exactly like, it's not appealing to you. But once you get involved, right. you're addicted to it. It
0: feels like an old man's sport.
1: Yeah. But
0: then when you start playing it or watching it, you're like, oh, okay. One of the things I love about baseball and my love of baseball came. My mom loved, you never, you never got to, to meet Grammy Joe. She loved baseball and she was a White Sox fan. And we would go to games and she kept score. She had a scorecard every single game we would go to, ladies' night, back at the old Comiskey Park. Right. And we would watch the game together. Fast forward, my oldest brother, Dan is a baseball coach. You go to a game with him, and you will learn all the things that you should be watching in a game. If you are a person who thinks it's a slow game, you're not watching the right things. You're not watching what the base coaches are telling the runners. You're not watching what the uh, pitcher and catcher, the the pitch selection, the uh, uh, manager in the dugout, and what he's telling the, the catcher, or the adjustments they're making in the outfield, the defensive positioning. There is so many things that could be happening. in one at-bat that it makes it like a chess match it's really it is really a great game it is And,
1: and I completely I completely agree with that I think that baseball is a lot more of a sophisticated sport than other sports basketball anybody can learn the game you watch one game and you know it like like the palm of your hand true same thing with football in some ways baseball you the only way that you learn the game fully is through experience uh, there are things that, you know, I I learn something new about baseball almost every day. Mm-hmm. I feel like my knowledge is, of course, higher than the average person's knowledge about baseball, I would hope. But at the same time, it's, you know, fourth grade, I think, it was the first year I watch baseball. I'm like, I learn the rules. I learn some stuff. And then, like, fifth grade, I learn strategy. Sixth grade, I learn, like, traditions and stuff like that. At, like, every year, I guess, that you watch baseball, you pick up on other stuff, and it kind of builds like this overall image in your head of what baseball truly is and that image is different for everyone else and that's what's so great it's such a personable game where everybody can experience a game in the way that they want to and that that's just what's so great about baseball
0: Which brings us to our tomorrow segment. Jason, what are some things that we should be thinking about, looking forward to? um, Maybe a prediction or two. It doesn't have to be about sports. It could be about us. It could be about entertainment. I don't really care. Tell me what we should be looking forward
1: to. Okay. So first, every morning we watch SportsCenter, it seems like the Boston Celtics are on. And every single day, Kyrie Irving's complaining about something. I'm going to predict right now, Kyrie Irving leaves Boston this summer. Um, I, I don't see a fit there. i don't think that there's a chance that the Celtics really compete for a NBA championship. I'd be very surprised if they make it past the second round, so um, I feel very confident about that prediction.
0: Okay, what else?
1: Okay, number two, on a personal note, we're heading down Hmm. the home stretch in school. We have um, six... There're eight weeks left, I think, something like From
0: that. From when we are taping this podcast, um, yeah, you're you're wrapping yeah. up this is junior I, uh, year in high school. I
1: hate to be like this, but I'm just gonna predict right here that I'm gonna finish with better grades than Shay for the third straight semester. Um, oh my gosh, you are
0: so unbelievably competitive with your brother.
1: Yep. So I just wanted to get that out there. Oh my, make gosh. that prediction, and it's
0: kind of unfair because he he's not here to defend himself. But
1: well, he'll hear it eventually. Okay. Yeah. And then um, number three is that. On our way home today, you're not going to let us stop and get something to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm very hungry. Okay.
0: And finally, I bring you this. I grew up on the northwest side of Chicago. The O streets, that's what we called it in Norwood Park. My brothers... I had seven of them. We would play fast pitch with a painted strike zone on the wall of the convent across the street from our house. Sometimes the ball went over the wall. We had to climb it to get the ball before the nuns saw us in their garden. Or we would play pickup games against the other streets, Odell against Okito or Okanto. My mom would say to my brothers, take your sister with you. So I was either the girl or I was thrown into right field on a lucky day. We played on cement diamonds in the parking lot. Today, I don't see those pickup baseball games. I don't see makeshift diamonds in parking lots. I don't see strike zones drawn with chalk on the side of a building. But there is still a lot to love about baseball. You don't have to put your kid in a travel league. Just play. Put together a pickup game. Play catch with your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister. Take them to a game so that they can love the sights and the sounds and the smells of a ballpark just like we do. Our thanks go to Ron Coomer, the Chicago Cubs, and WSCR 670 The Score Radio. Don't forget to check out Coombs Corner in Lockport. Adam Yaffe, thank you for your amazing support and expertise in driving this podcast. Siafa Lewis, your creative mind helped us get this started. Artwork and logo designed by Shay Conander. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, The Sportscaster and Her Son. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check out my stories on NBCChicago.com. And Jason, where are your stories? Fan-sided. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. The sportscaster and her son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, makers of liquidite flexible conduit electrically connecting our world.